morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast.
dedication and stuff. I appreciate that. But Psalms 23 and 5 says, part of this verse, I don't even know if they have it up there, but you anoint my head with oil. We need that. Say, I need that. I need the oil to come on my mind. Say, my mind. And you know what? I've, I don't know if I spoke when people wear a mask. I, I like to see your teeth, and I reckon I can see some people that have those plastic things on, but uh, um, just kind of lift a hand that you're there, thumbs up that you agree. Because you know, like when I have to speak, and you're like, wow, I need Jesus to help me to see if you're getting this. You know, I can see like this, you know, little mask there. So, um, but he anoints our head with oil. We need that. Thank you for the privilege to be up here. Thank you for the word of God. And Lord, bless your word and just let it touch our minds. And I, if I was sitting in that seat, I would say, it's going to touch my mind. So why don't you just do that? It's going to touch my mind because I need that. Amen? All right, you can be seated because you can't smile at everybody. So, You know the mind. I've got an ending like the people that heard this like about nine months ago, I don't know, 10 months, whatever that is, ago, I was like, I have to do something different at the end. What can I do at the end? Since, But you don't know what I did at the end, the people that are new, and then the people that are like online and upstairs. But um, I have something in this bag, and it's new to everybody. So that's kind of cool. Um, but that's the end. So um, 2 Corinthians in 10, 3 through 5 says, the New Living Translation and it'll be up there. We are human. Everybody say, I'm human. But we don't war, wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down what? Strongholds of human reasoning. Everybody say, human reasoning. I know, it's so hard to talk with a mask. I got this really cool mask that Natasha, where she went, I can breathe and do everything on this mask. It's so amazing. Okay, that's not my message, but it is a good mask. Um, human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So human reasoning. So here we go, 2 Corinthians. We're going to do the King James Version. Maybe you are a King James Version person, so here we go. For though we walk in the flesh, we all be having this flesh, and some of it takes a little longer to get ready in the morning, and some of it's way quicker, right, as we get older. But we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not, but they are mighty through God, the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Boy, do we have imaginations. Say, I have imaginations. I was up in that class, and that class was so good. I taught about repentance upstairs, and this is not my notes, but I taught about repentance, and just our imagine. I told them, I said, if you could hear my thoughts in my mind when service is going down, and I'm like, you know, and then I'm like, if anybody could just like read my thoughts up there, they would think I need Jesus. Because sometimes imaginations come, but we have to do something about that. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of who? 
Say, that's me. I need to do that. Pulling down strongholds. Dealing with thoughts and ideas that are contrary to the thoughts that are of God. Because, right, those thoughts come. Maybe you live close by. Maybe you live far away. Maybe you live up on the third level, the second level, the basement, or maybe you own the whole thing, or wherever you live, you live, and wherever you move, you've got to deal with thoughts that come, right? That are contrary to the thoughts of, we can't afford to think that way. He doesn't think that way about us. The moment that we do, we enter a lie and we war against the purpose that God has obtained in our life. So we war against those things in our minds. So here in Romans, it says, Romans 8 and 6 says, New Living Translation, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to where? But, there's always a but, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Okay, so I'm, I'll say life like this, and, you know, in the world or different places, this thing doesn't mean life. I don't know, it kind of means like something else, maybe like loser, or I don't know, something like that, okay? But I taught them in that class, right? We, life, right? So, but the letting the spirit control your mind leads to what? Life and peace, right? I got life, right? But if my sinful nature takes control, it leads to Say, I'm not going that way. I talk to myself a lot. Right? You have to do that. You have to speak something out there because your mind needs it. Say, I need it. The mind that is contrary to the mind of God is set up for success. Oh, somebody caught it. The mind that is contrary to the mind of God is set up for failure. If it is contrary... To the mind of God, it's set up for failure. It cannot obey God. It is incapable to do what God has intended for it to do. Casting down imaginations. That's what the word of God said in that verse. Now, give me some thumbs up. Yes. Something. Okay, there you go. Casting down imaginations, right? Not accepting the devil's thoughts, suggestions, or vision. Do we do that? Like, you know, we could be like over here and we're like, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's me, yeah. We have to cast those things down because we can start believing that, right? The devil's thoughts, his suggestions, and his vision, and somehow we get on that vision. And we're like, and, we're, and no, you are not like that. Well, if you're meditating and doing all that stuff over here, you've got something going on. A spiritual weapon that must, we must use to be victorious over the, over the enemy is what? Casting down imaginations, right? We have to do what? Cast down imaginations. The only accept, you must only accept imaginations, thoughts that line up to the word of God. Right? I need to do that. So casting down, I don't even know where it's my notes, but we're going to cast it down right now. It's 11.23, just in case you're wondering. So here we go. Cast down imaginations. Okay, where do imaginations live? Heart, your toes, your knee, your mind. Here we go. Put your hand on your head. 
Okay, I can at least see you're going to do that, okay? I can't see everything else you're doing out there, but I can see you're doing that. Okay, so here we go. We're going to cast down imaginations because I am victorious in Christ, right? Are you victorious in Christ? Does Christ walk with you? Well, then why do you act like a prune? Christ walks with you. He walks in you. So you have to cast down that imagination. And how violent you want to do it, it's up to you. How the enemy comes in and tells you things, you have to say, I cast that down. Because my king is a king. He's got my number. He ain't worried about anything. But sometimes we are worried about everything. And God says, cast that down. Do you want to live victorious? you got to cast that imagination down. Cast it down. Why don't we just stand up and cast it down right now? Cast it down. You know what you've been dealing with. you got to cast that thing down because you are more than a conqueror. You are victorious in Christ Jesus. Amen. Say, I need that. It's a violent term. You can sit down. Casting down. Cast it down. You can't believe those lies of the enemy. You've got to get in this. We are living. I don't even know we're living. We're, we're right now. We're here. But tomorrow, I don't know what street I'm going to walk on. But right now, I am here. Right now. And God is coming. I don't know when, but he's coming. And everybody says, oh, you could pop that little thing. I don't even know what it's called, but restrictions. Look at that. This restriction came out, and I was like, oh, devil. Mm -hmm. You think you know what you're doing. But I know. Look, you see this red? It says control. Has anybody read about what we're supposed to be in the red, you know, like tonight? Earth, 12 in the morning, right? Do you know who's in control? If this controls you, I'm telling you what. This cannot control you. God is our control. You've got to get a hold of the word, and he is my control. He has everything worked out. Everything worked out. So cast down that imagination, things that come your way, and you're wondering how you're going to make it. My God says, I will provide. I've got everything you need if you trust me. If you trust me. So this is not my control. This is something I have to do, and I'm going to do what I have to do. But I'm telling you what, I'm casting down every imagination that tries to come against me in my house. I'm casting it down. You cast it down. You cast it down. It can't walk in your house. So some of you might need to go to your house again, and you might need to say, I've let in a few things at my house. I got to get that out of my house because I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know he holds everything and he does all things well. So open that door and say, I've been living a certain way. Here's the door, okay? I've been living a certain way and I can't live that way anymore. I can't live that way anymore. Worried, tired, stressed. You got to get beyond that. You had to say, get out of my house. Peace lives in my house. Victory lives in my house. The king lives in my house. He's got my number. He's got everything I need. It's all wrapped up in him. It's all wrapped up in him. But I'm 
telling you what, the word of God says, and this ain't my notes either. And if I'm not right, he's going to fix it. But um, the 10 virgins, and wow, we have great preaching and speaking here, and I thank God for it. But I'm telling you, those 10 virgins, they were all what? They all were. And I said, God, what do you got to do to me? I want to be so hungry for this. And I want to be thirsty for this. Because five made it. And five didn't, but they were all virgins. Why did you bring that in, God? Let my cup overflow, God. Let me overflow with your spirit, God. It might be a good study to do about those ten and the five saying, can you just give me some? God says, I've given you everything you need. I've given you me. Search and find me. Search for me. I've given you this time. I don't care anything what happens. I get a hold on to him. He gives and takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm here for this short time on earth. But I'm here forever somewhere. Somewhere I'm here forever, and it never stops. But this is here. Mark 8, 14 through 21 says, But the disciples, okay, let me tell you about, about this first. We go reading it. The disciples were with Jesus. Say with. He hadn't gone up. He would, they were with Jesus. So Jesus did all these cool miracles to provide. I was thinking when I was in the office or wherever, I was like, I wish I could have somebody run in with bread and give it to all of you. And you'll understand as I read this. But I'm telling you, God is our provider, Okay. So the disciples saw Jesus feed the multitude and feed the other multitude, okay? So now they get on this boat, okay? All on the boat with Jesus and the disciples. So here, here it is. But the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. Wow, it's amazing they did just pick up like one. Oh, throw it on the boat. Because they had so much left over. They had only how many loaves of bread? One, with them in the boat. As they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them, watch out. Be aware of the yeast of the Pharisees and, the Her- and of Herod. And they began to argue with each other because they, didn't, they hadn't brought any bread. They began to do what? These people that preached, prophesied, did all these cool things, they began to do what? You got to take down human reasoning. You have to cast it down. It can come anytime. Anytime it can walk in. And you got to be at that door. And you have to say, "Uh uh-uh, get back on out. It ain't staying in my house. They were arguing. Jesus knew what they were saying. Okay, so he already knew what they were saying. These disciples, you didn't bring the bread. I can't believe you didn't bring the bread. Why did you bring the bread? Like, you can only imagine them fussing, right? We do that sometimes. I can't believe you do that. And Jesus says, 
have I been with you so long? Why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? Have your eyes can't see? You have ears, but you can't hear. Do you remember anything at all? God's saying that to the church. Do you remember anything at all? Do you have eyes to see? Do you have ears to hear? When I fed the how many people? 5,000 with five loaves of bread and many baskets of leftovers. Did you pick up afterwards? Human reasoning's got to come down. Twelve said, they said, and when I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves, how many large baskets of left did you pick up? Seven. Don't you understand yet? How many more times do I have to be with you that you would understand that I am your provider? I am your provider. You don't have to worry. If that consumes you, you better watch out. Sit. This door that you allow in, oh, don't want to hit that. Okay. You allow in, you better watch what consumes you. You have to be on the guard to what consumes you. Don't you have eyes to see? Don't you have ears to hear? Don't you know what the Spirit's saying? God warned the disciples because they were in fear mode. Where is that sign again? It's... Fear mode. Now, what's the next thing going to be? What, what's that? Is it gray? I don't know. Gray. Lockdown. You only had one loaf of bread, and you're nervous about lockdown. When he provided so many things, do you know the Jesus? Do you know our king, that he is your provider? Why does your imagination start with what you don't have. Why is our imagination start with what we don't have? And Christ says, I've given you everything. Everything. Disciples, why didn't you change the way you were thinking when you've seen so much of what I've done? I'm just a little radical sometimes just in case you wonder, but I didn't grow up in this. I'm telling you what, I remember having a sports car, hitting the steering wheel, saying, God, there is more than just believing. And please show me where it is. Something that's going to keep me, keep me off the dance floor. Keep me from doing those things. What can keep me? God, I need something to keep me. There's two trees in the garden. One that brings forth good fruit and one that is free will, whatever you decide. Because you have a choice. It don't matter how much you start the race. You might be awesome starting the race. Whoa, this is beautiful. Start the race. But you got to finish the race. And you're going to go through some stuff. But you got to trust him. He's got you. Everywhere he's got you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. He's got you. 
You, Jesus was challenging their thinking. What if everything does go to that gray thing? I don't know what it means. Everybody's saying it's going to be this and that. But we got Jesus, our king. And remember, it's this little time that we're here. Little, but forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever somewhere. Why are you reasoning in war with my world? You can't be reasoning. You have to cast down the imagination. Cast it down again. Cast it down again. Come on, you do it with me. Cast it down. Sometimes love and fear are a response. These realms have influence on how we think. Peter, how was your thinking, Peter? Look, Peter, Matthew 16, 15 through 17, NLT says, this is all 16, so I'm going to read about it. So here's Peter. Peter is following Jesus. He's, you can just see. And then here we go. So I'm going to read this. When he asked them, but who do men Oh, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Here's Jesus. He wants to know. Have they been following? Like, do they understand? Who do they say? Peter answered and said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed. Say blessed. He was blessed. Okay, look at this. Go down to 22. 22 says, Matthew 16, 22 says, we're talking about the same guy in the same chapter. What was his name? Peter. But Peter, here we go. Here's Peter. Here's Peter talking. Okay. Cast that down. Here we go. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him, him for saying such things. Who took him aside? Jesus took Peter aside in the same chapter, not 15 chapters later, but the same chapter. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. He's getting ready to tell him what's getting ready to happen to him. Okay? This will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me. He didn't even say Peter. Boy, I love straight up talk. Straight up. No, in between. Because there ain't no in between. You know, this isn't forever. Okay, straight up. Get behind me, Satan. Can you imagine the other disciples that were, remember the people on the boat, like they were arguing? Did he just say, Satan? Get behind me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a point, from a human point of view and not from God's. That's human reasoning that you have to cast down. Cast it down. Peter, get behind me. Your mind is not fixed on the mind of God. Fixed on the things of man. You are fixed on the things of man. You need to get your mind fixed on the things of God. And just a few before, he said, Remember, Peter, get behind me, Satan. Your mind is set on the interest of men instead of Christ at the center. God is doing amazing things in me and in you. And at this time that we have time, my word, you can't get with nobody. And when you do get with them, you're like, 
Do you want me to wear a mask or not? Can, can, what you decide? Can I come in? Should I not come in? You don't even know what to do. I was like, Lord, how are we going to witness everybody? They all tied up with this thing, and they all look like they're a little bit nervous when you get too close to them, and you don't know if you should say, excuse me, pardon me. You, we all in the same thing together. Don't. Ephesians says, don't give place to the devil. Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus a few verses before, be renewed in your mind. How do you do that? How do you be renewed in your mind? Do you just go, renew my mind, Lord? How do you be renewed in your, in your mind? How do you do that? The word of God, the hunger, the thirst for Jesus. Because we're here for this little time. And he says, hey, what are you doing here for me? Because, you know, I'm setting up a kingdom up there, and I want to see how you do down here. It's almost like school, right? Okay. And how are you doing down there? Oh, look at that. You went beyond. Okay, I'm setting up a kingdom up here, and we're supposed to rule and reign. I really don't know what it looks like yet, but this is my assumption and my imagination, right? And we're going to rule and reign with him. Oh, how? Oh, yes, Lord, I need to do that. Oh, yes, Lord, I don't need to think those thoughts, God. Because he says, you're going to rule and reign. You're going to do something. I don't know what that something is, but you're going to do something. And how you do down here, maybe I'm making a checklist up there of what you can rule over and what you can reign over, what you believe I can do, because I am the king. The enemy comes in with patterns of thought. The enemy, the devil, creates a room to hide in, to dwell in, and to live in. Right? He'll hide in. You'll be having a bad day at work. Like, they didn't give me my raise today. Seriously? You have a roof over your head. You have health in your body. Sometimes we complain about the most silliest thing, and we have to cast down that imagination. We are here at this time to do his work and his kingdom. Amen? And it all starts with me loving on this amazing Jesus. Sometimes the enemy will exalt ideas that war against the knowledge of God. And sometimes we believe that. So he's going to touch my mind. I believe that. Upstairs, out there in that world of technology, he's going to do that. God's going to touch my mind today because I need healing in my mind. Amen? So look at your neighbor and give him a thumbs up like, I need that too. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Satan has nothing on me. So if I was sitting in that pew, I'd say that. I'd say, oh, whatever that woman said, Satan's got nothing on me. Satan's got nothing on my family, nothing on life church in Jesus' name. Amen? John the Baptist. Look at this. It's only 43, and I'm going to wrap it up faster. Okay, so Matthew 11. This is really awesome. Matthew 11, 1 through 6, okay? Here is, is this John the Baptist? Okay, do you know about John the Baptist? Thumbs up. Like, tell me you know about John the Baptist. Okay, there's this, like, hairy guy. All I can think about is that he's a hairy guy. He goes out in the wilderness. He gives everything. I'm going to be like, those actors, like whoever acts, he gives everything to Jesus. And he's just hairy, and I don't know if he stinks. I don't know. But like, I can only imagine, right? I can only, ima- I can only imagine that 
how he is and how he stinks. And he gave everything, like everything. He didn't, ah, he worked for Jesus and Jesus was his provider, but he gave everything. Okay, I want you to get this before I read this, okay? John the Baptist gave everything, sold out, preparing the way of the wilderness. You know, I mean, like he was constantly. I mean, like when he went to his cave or wherever he went back to, did he have one of those days? Or was he like, I can't wait till tomorrow. I can't wait to get out there. I can't wait. I don't know. I can't wait to ask him. So here we go. John the Baptist. Okay. Now, here we go. We're going to read this. Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and to preach in the city. Okay. Who was preaching and teaching? Jesus. And when John had heard this, or had heard in prison, where was he? And you think you got it bad? You know how they do with that head? You know, you think you got it bad? And then they get the hands on the hip and the eyebrows like, up, you know? You think you got it bad? He's in prison about the works of Christ. This is where he's hearing it, in prison. This is the one that he said, make way for the Lord. Prepare you the way. He's sold out. There he goes. Okay, I got it back up. Okay, and when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, are you the coming one or do we look for another? Are you the coming one? Are you the one that I went and did all this for? Or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to him, them, go and tell John. Jesus tells the disciples to go back and tell who? Okay. Jesus doesn't go and say, oh, he's in prison. I must go over there. I must show up. Go and tell John the things which you have heard and see. The blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. Does this sound all right? Okay. The deaf hear and are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. So he tells the disciples, go tell him. And where was he? And you're sitting here, right? Okay. He was in prison. But this really got me. And I, I'm so glad. I meditated on it. I studied it. And here we go, verse 6. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Told him all these things he had done. But blessed is he who is not offended because of me. John, you did everything. You gave up everything. You did it all. And you all stuck in this prison. Can you believe that? I mean, like, he had to have some kind of buddy saying that. You know? Because they were in the boat arguing. You gave up everything, John. You did all these things. And Jesus says, don't be offended because of me, because he's doing his father's business. The struggle is in your mind. People go to bed tired and they wake up tired. The reason they wake up tired is you went to sleep, but you didn't get rest. Your mind is in turmoil all day long, sometimes all night long. Your body's asleep, but your mind is in, tied up in some warfare. The mind is a battleground. Out of it, we produce worry, you to death, stress you out, break you down, make you quit. Working to make you give up on your dreams because God's got a plan and a purpose. 
He's got a plan and a purpose for my life. Does he have it for your life? You got to fight that thing in that mind. If you allow the devil to get in your mind, he will wear you out. Say, he ain't getting in my mind. He ain't coming in my, he ain't coming in my house. We need the peace of God. Go to bed with peace and wake up with peace. Say, that's me. Isaiah says in 26, you will keep him in. Oh, wait a second. We got perfect peace. That means it should be in my house. Whose mind is stayed on, right? Because we're only here for this little bit of time. So my mind's going to stay on you through every part of this journey, every part until I go to go see you. I'm going to have perfect peace because my mind is going to stay on you. He promises perfect peace in the midst of troubles, in the midst of frustrations, because it says be anxious for how many things? Boy, say, I need to do that. We need to do that. Amen? So God helped touch our minds. I believe that. So they're going to come up, play some music, and I'm going to kind of wrap up a little bit while they're playing some music, and I'll show you my little thing I have in just a jiffy. But I believe God is going to touch our minds today. Because whether or not we have to go into that gray or we're going to go into the red tonight, and but I'm telling you what, he's in control no matter what thing I go through. He's in control. I don't got to worry. I don't have to fret. Because he's got it all under control. Amen? So why don't you stand with me just as we end this. I'm going to tell this cool little story. You anoint my head with oil while they play. I'm going to tell this little story. You know, David compares himself to a sheep in a relationship. That God is in control. He's on our behalf. He's fighting for us. Sheep, you know sheep. Sometimes they say that needs a shepherd, right? So we all need a shepherd. Sheep face various enemies. Wild animals. Like lions and bears and wolves. David knew firsthand because he was a young shepherd's he had the opportunity and instance to kill some of these wild animals to protect his flock. But sheep face other enemies that we don't think about. These enemies are so small. Say small. These creatures make a sheep's life miserable. Small creatures are like they call them horrible flies and mosquitoes and gnats and the nasal fly that come around sheep. Who are we? We are like what? Okay. Sheep, especially trouble with the nose fly. These flies attempt to lay their eggs on the damp mucus membranes of a sheep's nose. Point to your nose. You can hang there as long as you need. If successful, the egg hatches in a few days. Ooh, this is so gross. Forms a small, slender, worm-like lava that works its way up the sheep's nasal passage into the sheep's 
severe irritation to the sheep. The only way for relief for the pain for the sheep will often beat its head, beat its head against the wall to get. trying to get what? Relief. This causes great pain to the sheep, causing some sheep to lose their mind. But when the shepherd begins to see those signs, those tiny enemies, he will begin to apply something to the sheep's head. He'll start to pour some oil on top of the sheep's head. And as soon as that oil's applied to that sheep's head, guess what happens? There is an immediate change. An immediate change in that animal's behavior. That animal doesn't even act like that anymore. It's not beating its head because it had been applied. So whatever was in there was killed was nourished by that oil. That oil brought immediate change to its life. The one thing that can stop it is the oil. And so I said, what thing could I bring up here today? What thing that would make sense in your life? Sometimes I feel like we're like this. How does he see me? That it drives you, that it drives you every minute. 
every waking minute. Jesus has to be our hunger and our thirst. So lift your hands if you Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now, before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both, and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.